Hello, everyone. My name is Chris Powers, and I want to thank you for joining me on the Fort Podcast today. This show is an open-ended discussion and journey covering real estate, business, entrepreneurship, and investing. I would love to hear from you by tweeting me at Fort Worth Chris on Twitter. Hey guys, it's Chris. Thank you so much for joining me today on The Fort. I'm going to do a short episode today, and it's on a topic that uh, gained some popularity on Twitter when I posted it last year, and it's about um, what I call the barbell theory in real estate. And so I'll explain what the barbell theory is, um, why I think it's valuable, and how it's been kind of a key driver to some of the success that we've had at Fort over the years. But it's a really simple concept, almost so simple that, you know, you might think, well, this couldn't possibly be this simple, but it but it kind of is. So what is the barbell theory? Well, before I get into that, I'll just tell you kind of how I came to hear about it. I was sitting at a conference, not really in a conference, a discussion in Fort Worth, probably, I don't know, 10 or 12 years ago. And this really prolific developer was talking about how he finds areas that he think will be emerging areas to invest in. And what he talked about was this barbell theory. And he just said, it's it's not as hard to see into the future as you think it is if you think about things kind of in this barbell world. And what he talked about that day really changed the way I looked at real estate and to this day changes the way I think about real estate. And again, it's something really simple, and this is kind of how it works. So imagine a barbell, and each end of the barbell is kind of where the weight is, if you're picturing a barbell that you lift in a gym. And then you're trying to find kind of what's between it. And so in real estate, each end of the barbell is kind of this highly trafficked area, and you're looking at what's in between it. So if you took one end of the barbell could be downtown and another end of the barbell could be, if I'm thinking about it in terms of Fort Worth, and if you're not from Fort Worth, you could get on a Google Earth and check this out. But you could think of the other end of the barbell as kind of kind of the Camp Bowie Arlington Heights district that has four or five of the best neighborhoods in Fort Worth in it. So you have each end of the barbell, and then you're looking at what is in the middle of the barbell. And in our case, it was a street called West 7th. And West 7th, 15 years ago, was a really a big industrial park. It was home to Acme Brick. It had all these old industrial buildings in it. And you fast forward 15 years later, and there's been over a billion dollars of development. It's this high, vibrant, mixed-use community. Uh, with apartments and hotels and retail and restaurants and office. And you might say, well, well why was that area the area? And, and, and the barbell theory in its most simple form is what you're looking for are two drivers of demand and traffic. And then you're looking at what is in the middle of those two drivers. And what you had in Fort Worth was downtown, obviously tons of daytime activity as people go to work. Nightlife is people go out to dinner and go to the bars. People live down there. There's entertainment down there. And then the other end of the barbell was this kind of Camp Bowie district, Arlington Heights district, which had all these uh, great neighborhoods. And 
people in the morning would leave one end of the barbell, aka these neighborhoods in the Camp Bowie District, Arlington District, and they would go downtown. And they would use West 7th, really, to get downtown. And so you had these two ends of the barbells that were already attracting demand to and from. But in the middle was kind of this really low-use area, this industrial park. And so this developer who I listened to talk just said, when you find these areas where the traffic that you're already looking for is already passing through the area, you've solved a huge part of the equation, which is getting demand to show up. It's really hard to go out to the middle of nowhere and create something and attract a lot of demand. That's why a lot of uh, you know, you see these kind of destination resorts and gated communities. People often say it's the third owner that makes money. It's really hard to attract demand in an area that there has never been demand before. You kind of have to build it and they will come. But in the barbell theory, the demand is already going through the area. Now you just have to give them a reason to stop. And so the risk is much less. The ability to, again, kind of see into the future is, is really not as hard. What you're really just finding out is, what are my two ends of the barbell? And what's the traffic look like in between? And if I build something in this area of the barbell, can I get that traffic to stop? And when you think about the barbell, uh, if I went to Dallas and I said, downtown is one end and kind of the Highland Park, University Park, Lakewood, Lake Highlands, Preston Hollow area was another kind of end of the barbell. And you looked at what was in the middle of those two barbells, it was uptown. And people were traveling to and fro. And so uptown was this obvious area. And again, going back to the 80s, uptown used to be an industrial park. Um, now it's one of the most prolific developments in the entire country. That barbell can actually be much larger you can look at city, you could look at DFW Metroplex as one end of the barbell, and you could look at Austin, Texas as another end of the barbell. What connects those two? I-35. You have all this traffic already going back and forth, back and forth. And as DFW gets bigger and Austin gets bigger, there's even more demand going back and forth. And then you start looking, okay, what are the cities along that drive or along that barbell that might be growing? Well, I could talk about Waco, Texas is starting to explode with growth. The traffic is already going through Waco every day. Waco can't stop it because as long as DFW exists and as long as Austin exists, traffic will be going to and from. Now the answer is, what can we build in Waco that either A, would get people to stop and maybe live here? Or what businesses could come here that could that could feed Austin or feed DFW on top of just Waco? But what you have is this perfect barbell. And so it's very obvious that the cities that lay along 35 over the next 10, 20 years are going to grow. The demand is already coming through those cities. Austin and DFW are going to continue to grow. And as they grow, it's going to make everything in the middle grow. If I took another example... I take Dallas and Fort Worth. If you wind back 20 years ago, Arlington's always been great. But now what you see in Arlington is home of the Dallas Cowboys, Texas Rangers, 
Arlington is exploding with growth. And it is just sitting right in the middle of Fort Worth and Dallas where people have been going back and forth for decades and decades and decades. That was an obvious reason why we should put DFW Airport where we put it. It's right in the middle of this barbell, Fort Worth on one end, Dallas on the other. That barbell could be as small as a street. It could be as small as one little submarket to the next. It could be one city to the next. It could be one state to the next. It can be very large. And it's this really simple concept. And so then once you understand that concept and you can kind of conceptualize it, then you can start going, okay, where can I invest dollars that have a good chance of what they call buying in front of the growth to where you could make a reasonable guess that if I invest here, even though the growth hasn't come here today, there's a reasonable expectation that over time, this area will transform or there will be growth here that we haven't seen before, or you know there will be upside. And we're gonna talk about buying in front of the growth in a second. But first, let's take a quick break to highlight this episode's sponsor, Juniper Square. If you aren't familiar with Juniper Square, it's an easy to use all-in-one investment management software designed specifically for real estate owners. We have been using it at Fort Capital for several years now, and it has completely revamped the experience we're able to provide our investors through reporting, management, and efficiency. Here's a bit more on how Fort Capital utilizes the platform. Depending on how fast you read, you can look at our deal, approve our deal, sign our deal, and send money for a deal in under 10 minutes, assuming you've already understood what the deal is. Like the frictional cost of how that all moves through our system now is a matter of minutes, and it does not require any human interaction between that unless the investor wants it. We have investors that are in 15 different deals. They can go into their portal online, go to their profile, and everything they could want from every document they've signed to every report we've sent to every distribution we've sent, every point of contact with them throughout the life of the investment is documented in one place. You can check out episode 37 to listen to my full conversation with Brandon or visit cjunipersquare.com for more information. That's S-E-E junipersquare.com. And now back to the show. Again, if what you really find if you go from city to city or district to district or downtown to some certain neighborhood and you start looking in between, what you find is there were two significant demand drivers either into the barbell in almost all of those situations. A lot of times in cities, you'll find them between, you know, downtown is always like a really kind of prolific end of one barbell. And then you're looking for the other. That could be a university. It could be a district for a certain type of industry. It could be the hospital district. It could just be a really great neighborhood where a lot of the people working downtown are coming from that neighborhood. It could be, you know, some really uh, entertainment attraction that people are always going to and fro. Uh, but what you're looking for is, again, where has the demand already been created and where are people traveling in between? And when you find two great ends of a barbell, like in my original example, downtown Fort Worth and this Camp Bowie kind of Arlington Heights district. And then you looked at West 7th where thousands of cars were passing every day and it was just this low use industrial park. It was very obvious that this could be an awesome area. And these, these kind of areas exist all over the place. And so when I think about how to 
find that next spot where to invest dollars ahead of growth, where there can be tremendous upside if you're right, it always boils back to me is what's what's the barbell? Uh, what, what are either end of the barbell? What's going on in between? And is what's going on between going to get stronger over time or not as strong over time based on either end of the barbell? And if you make the case, again, going back to this Fort Worth example, that even if West 7th hadn't developed when it did, you could make the argument downtown will continue to add jobs and get stronger. These neighborhoods are going to continue to grow and attract more people. The odds of what was in between West 7th eventually redeveloping and turning over kept getting greater and greater. All it needed was capital and attention to kind of transform it. And capital will go to places where demand already is, especially when they're getting in early where demand exists, the product just hasn't been built yet for people to stop and enjoy what's going on in that drive. And so now you look at West 7th, it's one of the most prolific areas of Fort Worth. 15 years ago, it was nothing. And you can go city by city and see these emerging districts. And on either side of them, I would almost always guarantee there's some barbell on either side of those districts. You could take it even further and look at between Austin and Dallas. You could look state by state. The barbell is obviously a metaphor, but it works. You're looking for two demand drivers and what's going on in the middle, and can you get that demand to stop? So I said this episode would be quick. I think I've explained the barbell theory. If you have found two ends of the barbell, start doing your research of what's in the middle. And I think if you have a long time horizon, what you'll find is an investment that will grow over time. The only other thing I would add is the more capital that is attracted into the middle of that barbell quicker could, could accelerate that growth happening even sooner. You know, this West 7th corridor is two miles long. There's hundreds of properties in it. If you just went and bought one property, uh, the bet you're making is eventually I will participate in this enormous growth. If you're a much bigger company or you have access to more capital, you might say, I'm going to go buy 10 or 20 properties in here and I'm going to force the growth to happen. Not one is more right than the other. It's just different time horizons and different workloads. You don't even have to be a developer or a super sophisticated real estate investor to participate in that barbell growth. Again, you could just buy one property there and you could hold it for 10 or 15 years before it turns over. But if both demand drivers on either side, it's almost a guarantee that at some point higher and better use will come. The time horizon is more of a degree of how quickly will capital be attracted? How quickly can the narrative and the story change? And really from there, it's about getting developments done rather than, you know, kind of sitting and, and holding on to something for 10 or 15 years, waiting for that group that is going to come develop it. So that's my spiel today. The barbell theory is very simple. Uh, it can be very profitable. It works. There's hundreds of examples around the country. And if you really want to even test it even more is just go back in time and look at areas that have emerged in cities that you live in and run them back a couple decades before those areas were great and say, before this district was awesome, what, what was still on either side of it? What was, what was going on? And most, most often, not always, but most of the time, what you'll find is a barbell that already existed. So 
Thank you for continuing to join me on this journey. I hope today's little nugget on the barbell theory will provide value to you and can't wait to talk to you on the next episode. Hey everyone, it's Chris here again. Thank you so much for joining me on this journey. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, leave a five-star rating or write a quick review. Thanks again, and I'll see you on the next episode. Chris Powers is the founder and CEO of Fort Capital LP. All opinions from Chris and guests of the Fort Podcast are solely their own and do not reflect the opinions of Fort Capital LP. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for real estate or investment decisions. The Fort with Chris Powers is produced by Straight Up Podcasts.